Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. What is happening, my brother? Hey, how's it going, Pastor Jonathan? Thank you for the great intro once again. Hey, it's what I do. It's like yes. <laughs> maybe one of my most important things that I do on this show. If <laughs> we get jacked right at the beginning. That's right. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting jacked, speaking of increasing the jackness All as right. this uh, podcast continues, today we are going to be talking about profitability. Ooh, very interesting. It is interesting. So, Pastor Joel, would you give us some background about profitability? Sure. So, although the concept of profitability may not be obvious to everybody in the world, the importance of profitability sure is obvious to every person. So, for example, profitability is a universal principle that has been used to measure the progress of mankind. Hmm. All of us consume, right? We are consumers. And I don't right. mean just like retail purchases at the mall. I mean, consuming food and energy, and etc. So in order for any endeavor to survive over the long term, with us being consumers, there must be something produced more than what is consumed. Nice. If the consumption exceeds what is produced, whatever that endeavor is, dies out. So think about it. Our country, the United States of America, could not survive on what was produced 200 years ago. Meaning today, we wouldn't survive on what was produced 200 years ago. There's more people now than there was 200 years ago, meaning we're consuming more. So, for instance, I even did this. I even did a, a little research here. In the year 1800, there were only 5.3 million people in the United States. It, in the year 1800, there's 5.3 million people? Yeah, so just over 5 million people in the United okay. States 221 years ago. Okay. Today, there's like over 300 million, like upwards of 330 million. So would we be able to survive on what was produced by 5.3 million people today? No way. Mm -hmm. We'd end up starving. Nice. So that's, that's really, so, so you see, although people may not think directly think of this concept a lot, it is such an important concept that we all intrinsically, it is intrinsically obvious the importance of this to every person. We all need to produce more than we consume. People understand that at an intrinsic level. Nice. So it's like, if I consume more than I produce, I go in debt. Yeah. And if you don't have anybody to borrow you 
you know, if you're in debt and you, what do we do in America when we're in debt? We just keep borrowing. Right. And right. Going in the hole. But if I don't have, if I eat all my food <laughs> if and, my, I don't, <laughs> yeah. and I don't have a way to produce more food, I die. There you go. Yeah. My resource is corn. When you right. have consumed all of that corn, it is gone. Right. And I don't have right. a farmer down the road that I can keep borrowing from, then I die. There you go. Why are we talking about this? Yeah. How, how how has this topic caused damage in the church, Pastor Joel? Yeah, that's it seems a very worldly business-like concept, doesn't it? But this principle runs through the scriptures. Okay. And people in the church tend to be either they tend to ignore it or not understand it when the Bible talks about it, or they're just completely ignorant that, that this is a concept that does run throughout scripture. But profitability is what helps us measure what is good. And you know what? Maybe that's where the conflict lies. Because hmm. Pastor Jonathan, if I have a measure for good, then I can objectively measure and determine whether or not I'm growing or getting worse. And that's uncomfortable, hmm. especially if I'm getting worse, right? So this, this, the conflict may very well lie in the fact that I don't want a measure for good. Because if I have one, then I'm held to that measure. Got it. And a measure, so the measure is like a proof. A measure is, yeah. a, is a way to prove whether or not something is good perfect or, or not yes. so when i have a measure you know a, a, is it is a measure similar to having a definition yeah yeah in that similar, way yeah okay it so it's something that is a measure is a proof that is outside of myself so it's regardless of how i feel about it or not yeah. right yeah because a lot of us feel good feel like we are good feel like we're growing when we're not nice an objective measure or one of these proofs outside of myself would be something that regardless of how I feel would logically prove whether or not I'm actually growing or whether or not I'm actually doing the thing I'm measuring okay. so a definition a definition is great because it if it's a causal non-contradictory definition if it is a cause it gives us what we need it gives us the information we need to do whatever that thing is on purpose. So we've learned faith is a belief in something you can't see and something either because it's invisible or has yet to happen. Mm -hmm. That's a cause. That's a definition at the cause level, which intrinsically then gives us the ability to do that definition on purpose. Now, a measure would be what's the thing that proves whether I'm growing in faith. Nice. Okay. Which with faith, that would be my understanding and experience of the subject of my faith increases. So it's like a measure. A measure is any anything that measures something. So it's like a scale or yeah, a, a ruler, a ruler, a weight, any anything like that. So a measure is like having a spiritual scale and growth that I can measure my growth according to. So it's like, yeah. 
okay, how much have you grown? You know, like how much has this kid grown? Well, let's step on the scale and see how much he weighs. Right. That scale is a measure. So right. now, I mean, right. I, that really makes sense in, in terms of why God's saying in the Bible, <laughs> why a balanced scale is so yeah. important to him because right. it's, it's, it's just, it's fair, it which we've talked about before. So we want a fair proof yes. for our growth and a fair proof doesn't care how I feel. And that's what an objective measure looks like. Right. As much as I want to weigh under 200 pounds, <laughs> when I step on the scale, it doesn't say that. And there's right. nothing, there's nothing that changes the fact that I weigh more than that at the present moment. But I feel 180. Yeah, I feel like it. <laughs> or you know what? I'm 41 years old. I still feel like I'm in my early 30s. Great. I'm glad you feel that way. You're not. Mm -hmm. But I feel that way. Yeah. Nice. So we're talking objective measures here. Yeah. This is cool. Okay. So what does this conflict or issue look like in the church? We've we've talked about the the loose side and the strict side. How does the topic of profitability both how do both of those sides respond to the topic of profitability? Yeah, we're we're going to see that since profitability helps us measure what is good that a lot of this episode is going to be touching on good. So for instance, this conflict in the church on the strict side is this idea that humans are not good, mm. that we can't be profitable. So there's no reason to measure good. And there's no reason to try to even define good because it can't be defined. So that's the strict side. Humans aren't good. We can't be profitable. Okay. How do these people on the strict side support that perspective in the Bible? Well, it would take a verse like Romans 3 or some verses, Romans 3, 10 through 12. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Wow. If I take those three verses in and of themselves, it seems like it does a pretty good job of supporting the strict side that humans have no good in them and we can't be profitable. Hmm. But we know that's also a flawed way to read the Bible by pulling out one or two or three verses and using those verses in and of themselves to prove some point that contradicts many, many other places in scripture. But this, so for, in my, my uh, commentary on these verses is really showing the importance of understanding thought process, which we are talking about a lot in this season as well. Because what's really happening here in Romans 3, what Paul is teaching is about the animal and destructive thought processes. Mm. So there's a lot of times we get resolution through scriptures and through some of these really uh, plain statements like this. When we understand thought process, there's a specific mentality that Paul is talking about when he's teaching these things. Mm -hmm. 
But furthermore, what's interesting is, and we've seen this in the past in some of our episodes, we've talked about this, is the people on this side want to say there's no good or no profit within them, yet these people want to be affirmed for the good or the profitability that they exhibit. But not having a definition for good allows them to be this way allows them to do this behavior so i don't want a measure for good i don't want a definition for good because it helps me just maintain this good feeling i have about what i believe and about my behavior and i can tell people if I don't have a measure or a definition for good or profitability, I can tell people that there is no good in them while at the same time feeling great every time I get affirmed for doing something good. Hmm. Not having these definitions and measures enables me to have these really big contradictions. Right, which is really interesting. I'm, it reminds me of something that Pastor Tater said to you on the phone where he was saying um introducing you as someone who's totally depraved yeah like, that was right the, yeah yeah right like why do we introduce each other based upon all of our accomplishments yet there's nothing good in us that doesn't right. make sense and that was the episode i was remembering too thanks for bringing <laughs> that up yeah it's when pastor tater starts you know ribbing me a little bit and uh you know teasing me which i love it's great. Yeah. He's definitely getting to know us pretty well because I love that. But yeah, he was he was essentially, you know, pointing out this contradiction in a funny way that maybe if this is true, then this is how we ought. You know what? If this is true, there's no good in us. Then we should be introducing each other as these totally depraved people. And what's really what's really interesting to me about this verse is that the Romans verse is it's saying, um together they have become worthless no one does good not even one is still implying that there's a measure there yeah it does how can you so when someone says you're totally depraved how you know uh well is that statement good is what you just said good right <laughs> right and yeah and even there's the worth they have become worthless so something's be a, a value a unit of measure is being used here in this verse to determine that no, not one is even good. So some, yeah, something's being measured here. Absolutely. Okay. So how would you handle someone who is on this strict side, Pastor Joel? I would ask some questions and, you know, hopefully through this, hopefully with the intentions of just trying to be, to understand this person and to help them. But some of the questions I could ask is, really exposing the contradiction in this side as well. So for instance, is the soul within you that God created not good? Nice. And one of the things you like to bring up, PJ, is how God has given each of us a measure of faith. Right. Is that not good? Nice. Yeah. What about your ability to choose righteousness and justice? Is that mm. not a good ability to have? Nice. And then, of course, the, well, why do you want or why do you enjoy affirmation from others if there is no good in you? 
So those are some good questions. But since profitability is really the measure for, for what is good, I could also ask, how do you determine if other people are bad? Nice. We all have those people in our lives where we think, yeah, I don't, like, that's a bad guy or a bad woman or something, right? Yep. Bad person. Yep. Well, what measure do I use? What measure do you use to say others are worse than you? Mm-hmm. And, here, and here's the thing. Whether their measure is right or wrong, the fact that we do determine some people are better than others, some people are worse than others, proves that there is a measure for good and bad. And if I'm interacting with somebody who believes this, no one is good, no, not one belief, if they have that perspective, whatever measure they use is their measure for profitability. Whether it's an accurate one or not, they do, we all do have a measure for what we deem as profitable or not. Again, going back to the introduction, this is something we all do intrinsically, intrinsically measure. We do all have this measure for what we see as good or bad. So it is a very important topic we're covering. Hopefully what this episode's doing is bringing that to light so we can have an objective measure and we can treat people like you said, PJ, fairly. Right. Nice. So let's summarize. So far where we're at is the strict perspective says we are not good, but we can't even measure good because we can't define it. Right. (laughs) It's just piling on the contradictions. It sure is. Oh, man. Okay, now I get why people are hurt because I'm starting to feel some, uh, I I have some feelings right now about this. Feeling a lot of the pain, a lot of the pain from all the contradictions being exposed through this flawed side of the argument. There it is, absolutely. So before we go into loose side, why don't we uh, check our switchboard over here? And we got a call from McMillan, Alabama. It, it is Pastor Richard Tater. All right. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are on the line. Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Jonathan. This is the Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? You know, I have experienced issues with leaders in the area of profitability and good. You see, we would teach the congregation that no one is good, but we would tell them they had to do good works anyway. Well, that's interesting. That sounds like a contradiction. Oh, you betcha. Uh, y'all help me now realize it was because we didn't think we could define the word good. You know, I have another story involving good. The other associate pastor preached a big sermon on creation where he said, <coughs> God declared every day as good. Yeah. After the sermon, I asked the associate pastor, where in the Bible did God Call the second day good. What did he say? Well, he looked at the Bible and realized the second day is the only day God didn't call good, and he was pretty upset. The senior pastor saw the whole exchange. However, I didn't care 
I was surprised by how proud Dickie was of me. Oh, that's great. Was Dickie, um, do you know why God didn't call the second day good? Uh, no, sir, I do not. Uh, uh, Pastor Joe, do you know? Oh, yeah, I'd love to teach this. It was something I was taught myself by the mentors before me that I had. So the word good means to create, which is why it's linked with profitability. To create something more. So on the second day, what God did is God divided the waters. Nothing new was created. Nothing more came to be. So therefore, God didn't say that day was good. Well, that makes sense, Pastor Joel. Golly, thank you so much. Oh, you're such a smart man. I love it. I love calling up and talking to y'all. You know, I'm going to hang up and listen. And uh, uh, this was my favorite podcast. To God bless. All right. Thank you for the call, Pastor Richard Tater. Wow. That is exactly what we were talking about. I wonder how many pastors can't define the word good, Pastor Joel. Yeah, right. That definition clears up so many passages in the scriptures. Right. You know, when Jesus said, why do you call me good? God alone is good. He was saying only God creates. And are you calling me God? Oh, nice. Right? So this is actually Jesus trying to find out if the man recognized Jesus as God. That's cool. So then if we were to look at the word bad, you know, bad being the opposite of good, bad would mean destructive. So the destructive thought process is the bad thought process. It destroys. And then the animal thought process would be a thought process that doesn't create. So we would say the animal thought process isn't good. And we'd say the destructive thought process is bad. Yeah. Nice. Good creates, bad destroys. Simple as that. So the animal thought process is a, it's not a good thought process. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It doesn't create. Cool. All right, so let's do the other side of the argument, Pastor Joel. Let's go over to the loose side here. All right. With the loose side, you know, if the if the strict side is humans are not good, not profitable, the loose side is we're good. Don't worry about what you can gain. Don't worry about getting ahead in life. God is love. Christ will make you righteous. Christ will make you good. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, here again, we have no measure for growth. Right. And even though we all inherently know it is whether you are creating something more or not, people don't have a measure for it. So people are avoiding how they're hurt is they're avoiding the wrong things that need to be repaired. Ah. The things that aren't creating in the long term. These are areas where we really have an, have this great opportunity. We see we see a lot of people getting healing through the restoration process that that we've got from the Bible, from God's word. And what these people are doing is they are going head first into these areas where 
there are things not being created in the long term. There are wrong areas in their lives and they are getting help and healing through this and being restored and repaired. When I don't have a measure for growth or for good, and I avoid going after those areas in my life where I do inherently know I need help in, I'm getting worse. It's not that I just have these bad areas in my life that need to be addressed. Those bad areas are going to keep getting worse unless I get help in them. It's one of the things we, we've learned in, in the restoration process and that we teach people is you're either getting better or worse. Right. There is no, what we call no zero events in your thought process, or you're either bearing your burden more or you're bearing your burden less. And it's your, your thought process is either getting better, you're better, you're either becoming more transformed and renewed or you're dying. Hmm. And really a lot of this comes down to people just not wanting to get help and not having a measure for growth. And that's the side. The side is just a lot of, a lot of times the people on this side are just trying to avoid the tension of Mm -hmm. growth, trying to avoid any discomfort. And really the goal is not to hurt anybody and not to feel hurt themselves. How would you handle an interaction with someone on that side? Yeah, this is similar to so many of the loose side arguments this entire season. So for instance, if, if we're all good, then you don't need to confront people when they do something that you perceive is wrong. Right. Right. So, so many of these loose side have been that it's been the, so you're okay when other people do something wrong, you don't confront people. Right. Cause we're good. So I guess, and, and, and here with the profitability episode mm-hmm. about having more produced than we consume, I could also ask this person. So I, I guess you don't ever try to gain more out of a situation and you settle for things to be quote, good enough, unquote, because really, if I'm trying to get more out of a situation, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be profitable. So if, if I think I'm already good, man, I don't need to, I don't need to bother making more out of this. Right. Right. So you'd never need to have a pay increase. You'd never need to look (laughs) for a different job. You'd never need to, you know, when you exercise, you'd never need to increase the weight. You're like, this is the good enough weight, good enough salary, good enough car, good enough everything. You're fine. God is love. He'll make my muscles as big as he wants them to be. Oh, yeah, who, who has the responsibility, yeah. right? Yeah, Christ will impute money into my salary. Like, no, that we're putting all the onus on God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit again, right? No yep. responsibility on our side. It's all on them. Yet we still complain when things don't go well. Man, there you go. Both of those sides, the... The result ought to be shouldn't complain. Yeah, stop <laughs> if you're complaining on the loose if that's what you believe. Exactly. If you're on that's... the loose side in this argument, if you're on the strict side in this argument, your solution is to never complain. You're always right. you're you're always good. You're always good enough, or you're always you're only bad. Right. So either both sides, you can't complain. 
Yeah, that's great. Okay, so when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, what are your thoughts? I tend to see and think about this in three different categories that people fill. The first category of people are the people that I feel compassion for. These are people I feel sorry for, Mm. people who believe they're good, but are actually causing damage to themselves and to other people by avoiding the measure for what is good. So these people want profit. Everybody does, Pastor Jonathan. <laughs> yes, doesn't matter do. what category of people I'm in. Everybody wants profit. Yes. These people I feel bad for, they want, they want profit, yet they deny or avoid anything that may show them an unprofitable area in their lives. And we've learned from like the humility episodes and plenty of the other topics we've discussed. Mm-hmm. One of the ways to become profitable or to become good or to grow, period is to go head first into those areas where I'm wrong. Nice. There's the people that, the second category, these are people that I understand why they do what they do. Or I understand why they say what they say, what they believe. I understand their behavior. These are people who know that they should be able to experience benefits of being a child of the Lord. Yet everything in the church is teaching them to just deal with the crappy lives that they have. Hmm. And then there's the people that I'm impressed with. These are people who have a measure for growth, a measure for good. These are people who want to be shown where they're wrong so they can repair their destructive thought processes and destructive actions. These are people who want to produce more than they consume. That is exciting. Yeah, it is. I could see why we're impressed with them. What is the ultimate answer for profitability, Pastor Joel? The ultimate answer is profitability is God's ultimate measure. Hmm. So God cannot grow. This is something that I've I've had a hard time understanding myself, and I've seen yeah, people, man, pull pull that apart, right? pull that apart. I've I've seen people have a hard time hearing that even because it sounds yep. like I'm saying something that is detrimental to God. God is something less. I I just felt I felt like you said God is something less. Right. But the the reason I can say God cannot grow is because of what His nature is. God's nature is always completely right and always completely just. How can you get better than that? He is, he is complete in those things. He is complete. So that's what we mean by he can't grow. What we mean is he's the best possible. He's perfect. He can't get better. Mm. Yet he desires us to grow. Mm. Maybe one of his greatest desires is for him to get his hands into the clay and mold us and grow us because we sure aren't right and just not in our nature. No, sir. We need help growing. And that's what he has created us for. What his purpose is, is to mold us and to grow us. Yeah. And he measures our growth by profitability. Nice. So profitability, here's the equation for you. Profitability is the difference in value between what an object is worth 
and what that object cost to create. Really simple example for you. Let's say the phone I have is worth $200. Mm -hmm. And let's say the cost to make it was 50. That would mean there's $150 of profit or profitability. It's that simple. So profitability is the objective measure for good. Good creates in the long term. And we've been saying bad all episode as the opposite. Another word that would be the opposite of good is evil. Oh, that's even a better one. (laughs) We could say evil destroys in the long term. Nice. Yeah. Good creates in the long term. Really what profitability does and why it's all God's ultimate measure is it shows us what is good and what is evil. So a couple verses to back this up for you. Proverbs 10.2 says this. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, Hmm. but righteousness delivereth from death. So here's one thing I want to just get across. The word profit from profitability is in the scriptures. Nice. And this verse shows us that Profit or profitability is a measure of righteousness or wickedness or good or evil. How about Isaiah 9, 6 through 7? Famous prophecy about our Lord and Savior. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, praise the Lord, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And here's the key. So this is all about Jesus. Yeah. Verse seven of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's spectacular. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's especially with what we're talking about. That is spectacular. Long-term good, long-term profitability. This is Jesus. The only way for eternity to work is for profitability to continually increase forever. Forever. <laughs> yes. Nice. Well, another way I could say that is for eternity to work, the only way for eternity to work is if we continually produce more than we consume. And then here's another one just to pull Jesus into this one more time because we love giving him the credit for being the ultimate, right? Dude, absolutely. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26. Not only does this come right from Jesus, but this directly impacts us. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If many man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Amen. In verse 26. For what is a man profited? That's from the mouth of Jesus, people. (laughs) For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Beautiful. So we see God the Father's ultimate measure for good and evil, for growth, is profitability. And we see that Jesus is in agreement. 
Jesus's ultimate measure for us and for long-term good is profitability. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.